We're Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. We'd love to say welcome home. And we'd love to say that this could be your home if you're looking. But we want to welcome you here because we have this cry that James already said earlier, which is all of Jesus for everyone. Something else that we really believe from deep inside of us, and it kind of matches what I want to share on this morning, is this, is that we believe the power and presence of Jesus deeply transforms lives by gifting us with intimacy with the Father and by freeing us from everything that holds us down and holds us back. Anything holding you down at the moment? Anything holding you back? We believe the power and presence of Jesus can set you free this morning. And I wonder if you can turn your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8. We're going to continue the series. Last year, we did a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit called Eagerly Desired. And that was focusing primarily on the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. And this series, we're looking at who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And that statement I just read behind me, or sorry, I just read about the power and presence of Jesus transforming us and giving us intimacy with the Father, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's who he is. And uh, I'd like to talk a bit about identity this morning and pick out a few thoughts from Romans chapter 8 on the identity that the Holy Spirit forms within us. But while I was preparing, I, I felt God give me three things to remind us this morning. I felt him say, through faith in Christ, you need to remember who you are, a child of God. Through faith in Christ, you need to remember who lives inside of you, the powerful Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And thirdly, through faith in Christ, you need to remember this morning whose you are. You are a child of God and you belong to God, the perfect Father. And you may know those things or perhaps you have not yet put your faith in Christ and you may desire those things. I have two goals this morning. Goal number one, if you've not yet put your faith in Christ, that you would hear something of the identity that God wants to give you, and you'd hear something of the verses that I'm sharing, and you would say, I want that. I want what God is promising in his word, and, and we would love to pray with you at the end. But, but perhaps you already know Jesus, and you put your faith in him. My goal for you is that you would be affirmed and assured and secured in your identity that only he can give, and that you'd walk out of this room saying, God, I want more of your presence in my life. So let's read it together, and then we're going to look at identity that the Holy Spirit gives us. Verses 14 to 17, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, or translated adoption. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Speaks a lot about identity. I was thinking about identity, and I was thinking about some phases that I've gone through. I've been through many phases. And I realized that when it comes to our identities, we put a lot on. And you might say, well, actually, I don't put anything on. I'm the real deal. I'm authentic. And actually, that word authentic is quite a buzzword in our culture today. We want the real. Give me real. Don't give me fake. Especially when it comes to a church experience. We don't want want someone to get up and just have a big show and nothing really happens. We want the real expression of the church that is seen in Scripture. 
And that's what I want. And if you've come here this morning, I'm praying that this is the real and authentic. While I was preparing this message, I was like, God, I'm reminded of Paul. I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I'm trying to be as wise and persuasive as I can, but God, let your Spirit be evident this morning in our meeting. Would you come upon these words that I share, and would you reveal who you are and do what only you can? You see, we put things on. And as much as there's a craft for the authentic and for the real, we want it, but we also know that we put things on. You say, well, I don't put things on. Well, I put things on, especially when I walk into Home Depot. <laughs> my shoulders go back, confidence all over my face. I have no idea what I'm doing there. I have no idea where I'm going. And my wife will say something like, why don't you just ask for help? I don't need help. <laughs> I just don't know where this thing is at the moment, but I know It'll guide me because I'm manly and I'm confident. And I know, just show me the power tools. Just take me to the power tools. I know what they do, how to use them, but I just know I need power tools. We put things on. Why? Because we want to identify. We don't want to be, we don't want to be seen as though we don't know what we're talking about. We've all had that friend in that group of guys, and they're trying to impress either the guy or the girl, and suddenly they're like an expert in all sorts that you know they know nothing about, and they're just, they're just making a fool of themselves. We put things on. Uh, I, w- I went through a skater phase in my teens. I was a skater. I put on my baggy shorts. I put on my graphic tee. I put on my white socks and rolled them up. Put on, I think they were either airwalks or vans. I can't remember what it was. Even got a skateboard. You need one of those to be a skater. I was a skater, and I identified as a skater. I even added a bit of rebellion to my attitude. Not too much because I love Jesus and I... I, I then I tried the half pipe, got on, I was like, this is it. <laughs> Boom, almost landed on my head, almost broke myself in pieces, and I realized I'm not a skater, I'm not a skater. But I was like, I can carry my board, that guy carrying the board. And then I tried doing a few tricks, and I landed on my head again, and I was like, I'm not a skater, but I looked the part. See, something Shakespearean about that, appearance versus reality. And when it comes to identities, we put things on to identify, but sometimes there's, there's things missing. I was a skater once. We put things on. Ever been to a Cubs game? I went to one last season. It was amazing. It's incredible for me being new in the USA still, seeing the amazing, massive stadium with people all dressed the same. And I went with my friend Joe, and I was like, Joe, what do I wear? Because I don't want to look like I'm not supposed to be there. He told me what to wear. I've got a cap, my Cubs cap. And I've noticed that in life I put things on, but sometimes if I really want to identify with someone or something, I put more on. So I was just easing it. This is my first game, so I had my hat on. But I was like, I was looking at what everyone else was wearing because I, next time I go, I'm all in. And you go past the merch stand, there's, there's Cub shoes, there's Cub socks, there's Cub tees, there's Cub pants, there's those Cub things for your plates. It's like, yeah, I know how to get into this. There's even Cubs underwear. And I know some of you are wearing your Cubs underwear today. I support the Cubs, and the Cubs support me. See, we're all in. We put things on. Sometimes we put things on, but I'd like to share something this morning. Some of you are just getting that. You know how hard I practice that? We put things on, but there's something I'd like to share, a glorious truth that we could never pretend, that we could never make, uh, make it look like we've got something that only God can give, that all we can do is embrace and follow, and that is to do with our identity. 
You see, we can pretend. We can try and make it look like we've got it all together, but actually when it comes to the identity that only God can give, and this is my prayer, if you've not yet put your faith in Christ, that you're like, I want that identity that we're about to hear about. We can't pretend. Only he can do it in us. Only he can do it. The work of the Holy Spirit, giving us this new identity, and we're going to go through that now. But the words embrace and follow, while I was preparing this message, just embrace and follow, embrace and follow. What God wants of us this morning is to embrace the identity that he has for us and follow his Holy Spirit. Let's, let's look at what that identity looks like that only the Holy Spirit can give, that we can't pretend the authentic power and presence of God does inside of us. Well, the first thing is this, the first identifying mark, if you call yourself a believer this morning, the first identifying mark of your life will be this, according to Romans chapter 8, is that we are led by the Spirit. What does that mean? We are led by the Spirit, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. What does it mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, firstly, it means that we live our lives not based on our own desires or design. We are led, which means we are followers of someone. We're not going after our own desires and design. We're following someone greater than ourselves. That's what it means to put your faith in Christ, to have him as Lord and Savior. Perhaps the best way to think about this is think about your life before you met Jesus, if you can. Are some of your desires different now than what they were? And I'm not talking about things you've particularly adjusted in your life, because there are things we can adjust in our lives. But have things in your life just changed, like desires? Are some of your thoughts different? Are some of your decisions different? Is the way you live your life different now that you've put your faith in Christ? See, when we're led by God, things change in our lives. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 5, let me read it to you. I think it sums it up pretty well. As for you, talking about all of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Yeah, that's me. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. What's it saying? That before Christ, it's like the compass, moral compass of our lives was just spinning around. We couldn't find true north, and we would just follow our desires and follow what we wanted, our design, our desires. And then when you put your faith in Christ, suddenly that compass stops spinning, and it goes, whoa, that's true north. And suddenly we're following that compass that he places within us. And that's the leading of the Holy Spirit. And remember, it's not something we do. It's not like, okay, let me find out what the things of the world are. Let me find out what I can and can't do. And let me draw up a list of rules and regulations. Let me live by this because I want to be led by God. No, those who are led by God are led by God. They're led there. Why? Because the Spirit of God inside of us leads us and guides us. Let's read about what he does and how we embrace this identity and follow him. He says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new is here. I don't feel new sometimes. Sometimes my old creation, that sinful nature that I died to when I put my faith in Christ, sometimes it rears its ugly head. But you know what the word of God says? It's gone. And I say, thank you, Jesus. I embrace this new identity through the power of your Holy Spirit, and I want to follow you. We don't follow our desire and design. What if you say, well, my heart's a mess? 
Ezekiel 36, verse 26, when we put our faith in Christ, it speaks about, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. No more bitterness, bitterness, no more rage, no more anger, because he's taking that heart that was broken and he's putting his heart in, the heart that beats to the rhythm of heaven. First of all, it means that we don't follow our own desires and designs. Secondly, it means this, is that we follow. He's the one who guides us. He's the one who leads us, and it means we follow. I love how Galatians 5.25 puts it. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step by the, with the Spirit. It's a picture. As the Holy Spirit is leading us, we're following step by step. Sometimes this walk with God is step by step. It's not glamorous sometimes, but step by step will get you to the end destination. Step by step following. And why is Paul writing to this Galatians church saying, keep in step with the Spirit? He starts in Galatians 5 by saying, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. No longer be burdened by the yoke of slavery. What happened was they received the freedom of God, and then they began to walk a different route. They began to walk back into some old things. And he's saying, keep in step with the Spirit. Why? Because they've taken a few steps wrong. And you know what? We're not always going to get it right. But those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The fact that you may be feeling this morning that you've maybe missed a few steps along the way is proof that you are being led by God. Because if you didn't know you were taking a few steps wrong, it would prove that you aren't being led. That's the conviction of God, Him guiding us into all truth. And you know what? We take a few steps wrong. He guides us. He, his kindness leads us to repentance. He brings us, He's the spirit of conviction. And, he, and inside of us, we feel, oh, maybe I've got it wrong. And we begin to turn back to Him. What's He doing? He's drawing us to Him. He's calling us. It's the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We don't follow our own desire and designs. We follow the Spirit. Now, when we think about the, the following of the Holy Spirit, maybe, maybe you think it's the massive moments in our life where we, we, we can't make a mistake in the decision. It's a big decision, so we've got it. We've, that's when we need to follow the Holy Spirit. And yes, I'd like to say that those are very important moments when you're making a big decision to make sure we're following the Holy Spirit. But how do we make sure that we can take those steps of obedience for the big decisions and not make a mistake? Well, first of all, God is leading and he will show us. But secondly, the way we make the big steps is by making sure we do the little steps every single day. So the very fact that I'm standing here with my wife in the front row with our families at Anthem Kids, our children at Anthem Kids, is because the Holy Spirit placed a desire in our hearts for Chicago. And at the right time, he placed a desire and a leading in our hearts to begin to pray for Chicago and pray for a door to open into Chicago. And at the right time, he opened the way, and now we find ourselves here. And not only do we find ourselves here, we find ourselves in the place where he has extended our visa, and we can stay. Why? Because we're trying to keep in step with the Spirit. Now, that was a big, massive life moment for us, leaving everything behind in South Africa and coming here. But I thought I'd... Just to try to demystify the, the following of the Holy Spirit. Because some of you will be like, yeah, I've got that down. I do that every day. Some of you will be like, whoa, leading of God. I, I'm not sure how that works. I thought, let me share three or four really small instances of following the Holy Spirit over the last little while in my life. And hopefully that can encourage you. This is not something mystical and something so massive. It's actually just hearing what he's saying and following in actual fact, this wasn't, I wasn't supposed to say this, but the word lead there 
in this, in this instance of those are led by God, it infers a, a leading by impulse. So while, while I'm walking along the way, I get an impulse. Oh, let me pray for that person. Suddenly an impulse. You know, like an impulse, you, you bump your leg and suddenly it's sore. Or like you punch someone in the stomach. And, and it, like that's an impulse. Like you pretend to punch him in the stomach. I'm naturally going to go like that. While you're walking through life, the Holy Spirit mentions something and it's like an impulse and we respond. In this instance, the leading of the Holy Spirit is, re- is referred to that. Let me show you some impulses that I've had over the last three or four years that just some cool stories. Okay. When I was younger, I know you look at me now and you think you're pretty conservative. All all I wanted to be was a rock star. And this is a silly example. I know I'm a musician. I love, all I wanted to be was a rock star, make a bunch of cash, make music, tour the world, be famous and be like, wow. There was nothing wrong with that desire at all. But what I found is that as I had this desire and I practiced my music and I love music, but but at the same time, I was growing in my walk with God and seeking his face more and, and throwing my life at his kingdom more. And just what I realized over time was that desire changed. No longer do I want to just make music and be a rock star, but I, I realized that as I spent time in his presence, my desires changed and suddenly I just wanted to worship. And let me tell you, there's no fame and glamour in worship, guys. Especially kids' worship. <laughs> They're real. But all my desire is now is to take the music gift that God has given me and see people encounter his presence, whether they're young, whether they're old, whatever it is. And suddenly, what is that? A desire has changed. You may be here and you're saying, I've got these desires and I know they're not from God. What do I do with that? The Holy Spirit can change your desires. Psalm 37 verse 4. I'm not sure if I've ever preached a message where I haven't mentioned this verse. It's my absolute life verse. Psalm 37 verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Put God first, draw near to God, put him first in your life, seek his face, and he gives you new desires and sanctifies your desires. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. I didn't ask to change my desire, but as I spent time with him, my heart aligned with his heart. He can change our reactions. I was riding my motorbike in South Africa, and a taxi came out of nowhere and decided to try to swipe me off the road and kill me. It's the closest I've been to losing my life and seeing my life flash before my eyes. And I was angry. I really was. I had a lot of chrome on that bike and a scratch on that was going to be horrendous. And I could have hurt myself. And everything rose inside of me. I'm like, I'm going to show this driver. I'm like, so I increased the throttle and I'm going, I'm I'm going to show this guy. And all of a sudden I feel the Holy Spirit say, self-control. Okay. And suddenly this peace came over me. And you know, this is the Holy Spirit inside of me because honestly, in that moment, I did not think of peace. I did not think of self-control. The Bible says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Whoa. And in that moment, my reaction changed. And I'm, and I gave him the finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reactions can change. A few weeks back, I was in California. I did some ministry in a church. And on the Monday, I was having lunch with a friend. And while we were having, I think I may have shared this testimony, forgive me if, if, I, if I haven't, or if I have, other way, forgive me. Uh, and, and we were having lunch, and while we are having lunch, his wife phones and says, there's this guy at my work, he's got pain in his legs, could you guys come and pray for him? And immediately there was a strong urge, an impulse to say, go pray for that person. Never met this person. Foreign place. We're outside his office in the parking lot with people walking by and we're praying and and all of a sudden 
this guy had sciatic and nerve pain in his legs. He, he'd been taking some heavy medication. He'd been battling to move around. And he just said, I need prayer. And we prayed, and God instantly healed him. That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. God instantly healed him. You see, when we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, when we, when we just follow that impulse of his leading, people's lives can change. One of the marks of a believer is that they are led by the Spirit. We all go through phases, like I've said. There was a phase I had where I had pink and purple hair. There was another phase I had, even more embarrassing, where if you looked at me, it was like I was a 70s British rocker. I thought I looked cool, but the problem was I was the only one dressing like that. Like, in trends, like trends repeat themselves, and and maybe I was trying to start the trend, I don't know, but I was the only one who looked like that. And, and being young, I only had one outfit. So I had so much courage back then. Why didn't anyone tell me I looked like an idiot? And I think we'll look back on our lives one day and those moments of true victory and greatness and glory will be those moments where we just follow the impulse of the Holy Spirit. And, and we were just led. And, and we'll look back on those ones where maybe we didn't. And there's grace for that. There is. But when I look back, I want to see more of the following of the Holy Spirit keeping in step with him. The next identifying mark of a believer is this, is that we are children of God. We are children of God through faith in Christ. We are children of God. We need to let that sink in a bit. There's nothing new to what I'm saying here this morning, friends. There's nothing new. That's why the Spirit needs to have a demonstration of his power, because he needs to make that real to us, that we are children of God. Not only do we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, the same Spirit who raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit who is hovering over the waters at creation, the very power and breath of God inside our lungs through faith in Christ. But we're His children. The identifying mark is that we are children because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship or adoption. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, there's a lot to say about being a child of God, but I want to pull five things from this text, immediate text, that we see what it means to be a child of God and how we identify as a child of God. And remember, this is not something we try to put on just to fit in and identify with. It's something that the Holy Spirit does inside of us. And the first thing we realize as being a child of God is this, is that we belong to God. We are the sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Friends, this morning God wants to remind us whose we are. One of my favorite verses, 1 John 3 verse 1, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are, exclamation point. Two exclamation points in that verse. Why? Because we need to remember that. That is what we are. How great is the love that he's lavished on us. Lavished is not just a little. Lavished is overflowing like I'm drowning in the ocean. That's how much love is pouring over us right now. I don't feel that love right now. Maybe I'm not living according to how I know God wants me to live. How can I experience that love? Maybe I've been so far from God for so many years. How can I expect God to love me? He says this in Deuteronomy 7 verse 6, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Wow, we need to remind ourselves of that. What is a treasured possession? Something that I'm not going to let out of my sight, that is mine, that belongs to me, and that I value incredibly so much so that I will give my son on the cross to die the most horrendous death so that I can have relationship with you. 
You are my treasured possession, says the Lord. Psalm 139, verse 17 to 18. How do you think God thinks about you right now? Immediately, you're probably thinking about a list of things that maybe you got wrong last week or the last few years or mistakes you've made. If you're anything like me, the moment I think, okay, what does God think about me right now? I start thinking of what I think God should think about me. But we need to look into his eyes this morning to determine who we are as belonging to him. Because he tells us what he thinks about us. And I love this passion translation of Psalm 139, verse 17 to 18. It says, every single moment you're thinking of me. Right now, he's thinking of you. Right now. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every seashore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. That amazes me. Every morning, his mercy's on you, and he's still there. And he keeps staying there. No matter how much my life misrepresents him, no matter how many times I just don't follow the Holy Spirit, he's still there. Why? Because he's not giving up on us. Remember this morning, friends, we belong to God. The second thing that we learn about being a child of God from this and how we identify and what the Holy Spirit does inside of this is this. It says, we are the free. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. It's a spirit of freedom. Friends, through faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and sets us free from everything that holds us down and holds us back from God. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of freedom. And one of the biggest prayers I've prayed for this message is this morning that people would be set free. What, what do you need freedom from this morning? Whatever it is, you've come to the right place because this is the place where the Spirit of God is. Why? Because we are here and He's living inside of us. 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where do you need freedom this morning? Because where he is, there is freedom. But I'm not free, you say, but I don't feel free, you say, but I don't look free, perhaps. There are so many things holding me down and holding me back. Remember, these things written here are not things that we do, not things that we can put on, but things that the Holy Spirit does within us, things that we just need, embrace, and follow. Your freedom this morning, the Spirit of God through faith in Christ dwells inside of you, the Spirit of freedom. The way to freedom is to embrace that identity and to follow and keep in step with him. Follow and keep in step with him. And maybe it'll take you your whole life of following and keeping in step with God before you actually see what that freedom looks like. But I can promise you this, one day when we are all surrounding the throne with every nation, every tribe, and every tongue, we will be the fullest experience of freedom that we have ever seen. I've seen God set people free instantly from addictions to drugs, alcohol, and many other things. Instantly set free. And I've seen others set free over time, but I've seen people set free by the presence and power of Jesus. Interestingly, when Jesus begins his ministry, his public ministry, he gets up and he says this. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom and to set the captives free, to proclaim freedom. Sometimes before we actually see the freedom, we need to proclaim the freedom. This morning, the spirit of Christ dwells inside of you. He is the spirit of freedom. That means right now he is declaring over you freedom. Like that Braveheart movie. Do you remember Braveheart? He shouts out, freedom! 
God's screaming that over you. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Freedom is yours. If the Spirit of God is inside of you, then freedom is your inheritance. Where do you need freedom this morning? Sometimes we can allow ourselves to get into unhealthy patterns of thinking, unhealthy patterns of living, and we look at our lives and we think, well, this is not free and this is not representing of God. I feel like such a failure. And perhaps right now as I've been shouting out freedom and proclaiming freedom over you, you're feeling guilty and full of shame. My kids are my kids, no matter what they do. No matter what they say, nothing can take away, nothing can take that away that they are my children. And nothing they could say or do would make me love them less. Even when they misrepresent me, I love them. And there's nothing I will not do for my children. How much more the perfect heavenly father looking at us this morning, saying, you want freedom? I want your freedom more than you want your freedom. I want your freedom so much so that I sent my son to die on the cross so that you could be free and you could live free, free from sickness, free from pain, free from addiction, free from unhealthy patterns. Oh, glory, I'm not getting through this. The third thing we see that it means to be a child of God, and this is quite important, it means we have the full rights and privileges of heaven. What would tomorrow look like if I really believed that? And where did I make this up? Well, Paul is writing to a Roman church, the church that meets in Rome, and he's writing to those who are immersed in Roman culture. Rome is at this stage on its way to becoming the greatest empire that it would ever be. It's on its way to becoming the strongest expression of the Roman empire. And Rome was the center of that empire. And that was great if you were in Rome, but if you were the rest of the world that Rome had conquered, it wasn't great because you were paying all the taxes to keep Rome happy. But he's talking to this church in Rome, and he's talking to this church in Rome, and, and he uses this picture of adoption. He's trying to get this church to understand what it means to be adopted into the family of God and what the Spirit of God does inside of us in terms of our identity. And he uses this image of adoption. Now, the one thing that the Romans did, which was actually a beautiful picture for us, not saying everything Rome did, please, I'm not saying that, I'm, but this one thing was adoption. They created within their culture an ability for someone to be adopted into a new family, but as they were adopted, they would have the full legal rights of a son of Rome. They would have full social standing. So when you looked at the true son and the adopted son, they were equal. And he's, Paul's using this picture and he's saying... You're adopted into God's family. We're talking about Rome, and I'm using this word to describe how a Roman son is adopted into a family, but how much more us adopted into the family of God by the Spirit of God, but you receive the Spirit of sonship, which means that according to that, if, if that son adopted into a Roman family had the full rights, social standing, privileges, and inheritance of Rome, that means we as believers through faith in Christ, when we put our faith in him, his Spirit dwells inside of us, and we have access and the rights, the full rights and privileges and inheritance of heaven. Now, we don't always see that I know, and we're in this, this, this in-between part where, where, where there's so much grace, and we, we know that God has promised so much, and we don't always see that. How do we live? Well, we embrace and we follow. This morning, my son comes to me while I'm busy preparing, and he's got a sore throat. 
I'm like, Lord, I cannot preach on freedom this morning. I cannot preach on the the full rights and privileges of heaven if I can't even see my son's sore throat go away. And I pray for him. Lord, I get my confident voice on, shoulders back, put it on. Lord, I just say in Jesus' name, be healed. And Rock's like, are you praying for me? I was like, yes. (laughs) How does it feel? Saul. Okay, we, we push through, we push through. Right. Lord, I'm preaching in, in an hour and a half. Lord, how can I with integrity get up on this stage and proclaim something I'm not seeing? Where's the promise, God? I pray again. It's like, Dad, stop praying for me. It's sore. <laughs> I'm cuddling him and I kind of... Dad, are you praying? Stop it. <laughs> we get to the front earlier and he's sitting right over there and we just getting some stuff ready. I was like, hey, Rock, how's your throat? He's like, better. And he runs off. It's like, Rock, do you know why it's better? He's gone. It's like, wow, just a little testimony. And, and right now, if you're sick in your body, if you've got pain in any way, I'd love to pray for you. And as a demonstration of the Spirit's power, not of anything I can do, I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would come and bring freedom from pain and freedom from sickness that only he can bring. And right now, God, without a hand being laid on anybody, I pray for healing in this place. You come and do what only you can do. Confirm this new identity that we have, that, that heaven is, is waiting. Even you taught us how to pray, Lord God, let, let heaven come on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come, I pray, right now. Right now, Holy Spirit, come and heal and come and deliver and come bring freedom. Fourth and fifth things quickly is of what it means to be a child of God is we have access to the Father. By Him, by who? By the Spirit of God, we cry, Abba, Father. We cry out, Father. The, the, the word cry in, in this sense is, 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 a, is a deep, heartfelt cry. As I'm walking through my, my, my week and, and someone comes and says, oh, I, I need prayer. Oh, I've got the Father who can meet your need through the power of His Holy Spirit. Let's pray. The other day I was walking to my house. I've got two entrances, the back stairs and the front stairs. Uh, and I normally go up the back because it's easier. And then I felt an impulse in me say, go around the front. Okay, Lord. And I just follow around the front. And then I see my neighbor who's just uh, pulled in and he, he has a whole bunch of groceries. So I help him up the stairs. And I've been working with this guy and talking to him and just like getting to know him, just getting to know the neighborhood. And uh, while we're walking up the stairs, he mentioned about something that his family was going through. And I was like, hey, let's pray for that right now got to pray with him. This week, I've been asking him how it's going, and he says, hey, please pray for me on Sunday. I was like, I'll pray for you every day. <laughs> Following the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Father. Hebrews 4 verse 16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And uh, finally, quickly, and I wonder if the band could come up while I, while I finish this, is the, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We are secure. There is an inner witness that only the Holy Spirit can bring when it comes to salvation. And my prayer is this morning that you walk out knowing that you are a child of God because he's whispering into you the very depths of your being. You are mine. And, and I, I'd like to say that the devil doesn't want you to live like that. He doesn't want you to know that you're a child of God. He doesn't want you to know how to follow the Spirit he, because The truth is, once you put your faith in Christ, he knows he's already lost, but he's going to do all he can to frustrate the purposes and plans before you get there. 
He wants to sow as much confusion, bring as much doubt so that we're questioning. Did God really say in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, he says to them, did God really say you can't do this? And he comes to us every day. Did God really say you're a child of God? I know what you did last summer. Maybe a little old. I'm a dad. I can take awkward silences. Friends, let us remember this morning who we are through faith in Christ. We are children of God. Let us remember who lives inside of us. The very spirit of creation and power and freedom, the Holy Spirit of God dwells inside of us through faith in Christ. And let us remember whose we are. We are children of God. Final story quickly, and I'm going to hand over. It's, it's every now and again, I have to this, have this conversation with my son, Rock. I say, Rock, does dad do X, Y, and Z? He's like, yes. I'm like, no, he does not do that. Represent me, boy. Represent me, son. And I love it. It's awesome. It's like, represent me, represent me. And I think there are many of us who look at our lives and, and God, I wish I could represent you more. And he's saying over us, my love is here for you. My spirit is here for you. Represent me. Not so that you can be a good Christian, but so that I can flow through your life and reach the lost through. And hand over to James in a moment. But while all eyes are closed and the band can begin to play behind me, nice and gently. That's pretty. If you're here for the first... uh, If you're here this morning and you have not yet put your faith in Christ, I would love to create an opportunity where you can respond to that prayer and you can say, actually, Jesus, I want this identification that that you've shown this morning. I, I want that. If that's you, while all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, just if you want to put your faith in Christ this morning, please, just by show of hands, just put your hand up and I'd love to pray with you. Just so I can know who I'm praying with. Is there anybody this morning? The Bible says the Holy Spirit draws us to him. And right now, there may be a tug on your heart saying, oh man, that's you. I'm drawing you. The very fact that you're here means God has conspired to get you here because he's drawing you. Is there anyone? I want to extend that call now to someone who maybe has, who put their faith in God maybe a while ago, but you've realized I'm not living the way God wanted me to live. And I I need to put my life right with God this morning. I need to return to him and keep in step with the spirit this morning. Is there anyone? Just raise your hand. I can see a hand there. Thank you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I can see some hands. You're not responding to me, but now at least I know who I can pray for. Is there anyone who wants to return to Jesus this morning? God, I'm coming home. Thank you. Right. Lord, I pray for every single person who's responded, even those who maybe wanted to respond but didn't want to put up their hands. I just pray right now that they would encounter your presence, God. I can't make them encounter you, Lord God. Only you can do that. And I pray that your grace, your mercy, your love would wrap around them like a winter coat, just shielding them from what's going on around them, Lord God. Let your presence come mighty name, I pray. And help us, Lord, keep in step with you and represent you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.